In the 1930s, electric cooperatives brought electricity to the country's most far-flung communities. They transformed rural economies. And in western Colorado, one co-op is again trying to spur economic development, partly by generating more of their electricity locally. But it started a high-stakes legal battle, pitting renewable energy advocates against traditional wholesale power providers. The case could help define the future of electricity generation in rural communities. Callie Carswell reports for Inside Energy. Outside Montrose, Colorado, Jim Hennigan and I are standing over the South Canal. It's a warm August afternoon and swallows dart across the water. We've created a little habitat, to my delight. <laughs> the canal delivers irrigation water from the Gunnison River to local farmers. But Hennigan isn't a farmer. He's an engineer with the Delta Montrose Electrical Association, or DMEA, the local electric co-op. And he harvests something else from the water, electricity. It's a pretty simple process, tried and true. Water enters a pipe just below us and flows downhill, where it spins a turbine and generates power. And right now we'll be putting out somewhere around 3.7 megawatts. It's enough to power a few thousand homes. And there are plenty more irrigation ditches here to plug turbines into, more rooftops and vacant land to blanket with solar panels. There's even methane seeping out of a defunct coal mine that can be turned into electricity. DMEA leaders want to tap more of these resources. Here's board president Bill Patterson. As we produce more power locally, that means that the money that is spent for the wholesale power stays local and is not sent out of the area. Sounds simple, right? It's not. It's put DMEA in a legal battle with its current wholesale power provider, Tri-State Generation and Transmission. Joseph Goodman is with the Rocky Mountain Institute, a clean energy think tank. He says that the case could remove a major barrier to small-scale renewable energy in rural areas. DMEA is, is really taking one for the co-op family as a whole by bringing this case forward and setting this landmark precedent. DMEA is one of 43 rural utilities that buy power from Tri-State. Lee Bowie is Tri-State's communications manager. There's an economy of scale that smaller rural cooperatives get by combining together and forming organizations like Tri-State. Bowie explains that co-ops have contracts where they commit to buying 95% of their power from Tri-State. The co-ops are allowed to generate the other 5% on their own. These agreements are designed to ensure that each member fulfills its individual obligation to pay its fair share. Its share of infrastructure costs, like maintaining power lines or paying off power plants. If one co-op buys less from Tri-State, Bowie says, it may force the others to pay more. But Bill Patterson, the DMEA board president, says their members believe local power is key to keeping rates low. We've been trying to negotiate with Tri-State on this without success. So last year, DMEA went to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, to ask if they could buy more than 5% of their power from local sources, despite their contract. FERC said that they could. In fact, a federal law designed to promote small-scale renewables required it to. Tri-State wasn't happy and went back to FERC. It wants to recoup costs by charging co-ops for buying more local power. In June, FERC rejected the request. Tri-State is appealing, with support from a number of the other co-ops it serves. And the outcome could affect rural utilities nationwide with similar contracts. Tri-State's Lee Bowie. What's happening in Colorado could play out across the country within other cooperatives. The Rocky Mountain Institute estimates that if the nation's rural co-ops were to transition completely to renewable energy, it would create a 400-gigawatt market, the equivalent of 200 Hoover dams. 
That's all still theoretical, of course. Still, some locals are nearly giddy at the prospect of independence. Here's how former DMEA board member Ed Marston reacted to FERC's decision. I felt as if I were six years old and I just got a pony. Marston is an advocate for renewable energy and for local economic development. He lives in Delta County, where coal mines have long provided the best-paying jobs. But two of three mines closed recently. With the mines closing or closed, we've lost tens of millions of dollars in public tax revenue. A smattering of small power plants could help rebuild the tax base, but they're only one piece of the economic puzzle. They won't bring back the 700-plus jobs lost from the mines. The modern hydro plants on the South Canal, for instance, they're affordable, efficient, and automated. For Inside Energy, I'm Callie Carswell.